What do you need to start a business? Three simple things. Know your product better than anyone, know your customer, and have a burning desire to succeed. Dave Thomas. You have the power to be the boss of your own life. I'm your host, Monica Allen. I'm a wife, mom, entrepreneur, best-selling author, lifelong learner, and your biz bestie. I have a love and passion for all things small business. Growing my own company from $700 to over seven figures annually, my goal is to bring you inspiration, business-focused topics and tips, encouragement, and a community that helps you launch, grow, and scale your business, whether you are a dreamer, a side hustler, or a seasoned entrepreneur. You are listening to the Become Your Own Boss podcast. Many entrepreneurs from all walks of life and hearing the stories of how they ventured into their businesses is such a joy for me. My guest today started her business out of a personal need and desire. Owner and founder of Stats Solutions, Jennifer Stats, is the driving force behind the success of a leading operations and marketing consulting agency for real estate brokerages. Who knew that was even a thing? But I tell you, this is what I love about what I do because I learn about so many different businesses and it's so thrilling to me. I cannot wait for you to learn about Jennifer and hear more about her venture into entrepreneurship. Hi, Jennifer. It's so nice to have you on the Become Your Own Boss podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited for our chat today. I am too. I first want to just start out by asking you, when you started your business back in 2017, what problem were you trying to solve? Yeah. Well, I think there was two different problems. There was personally what I wanted to do and why I wanted to start a business. But then I also saw kind of like a niche and something that I wanted to solve. So back in 2017, I was working normal nine to five. I was an operations manager in California at a real estate brokerage. And I had a one-year-old daughter and I was kind of making the commute back and forth to work and then dealing with childcare and all that good stuff. But we actually decided to move states and I was a California real estate agent and I, I ran California real estate brokerages. And I kind of wanted to do two things. One, I wanted to work myself because I didn't want to move to Colorado and do the nine to five grind. I wanted to be able to pick up my daughter and drop her off at the end of the, you know, drop her off and pick her up from school. And I also wanted to keep doing what I was doing. It was kind of in this weird predicament of, I didn't want a nine to five. I wanted to keep doing what I was doing. So I started reaching out to a bunch of real estate brokerages and just seeing was a virtual operations manager something that they needed. And it definitely was because a lot of brokers and agents didn't like managing their business or they didn't think they were good at it or they didn't know where to start. I started providing fractional COO services and now we're here. We run 20 different brokerages nationwide and we have 12 employees and I work for myself. So I get to drop my kids off at school in the morning and I get to pick them up. So I kind of fix both problems. (laughs) Very good. No, I totally get that. I am a proponent of being able to pick up my own children That was one of the reasons I wanted my husband and I to have a business when we had kids, because I want to be the one to pick them up and see their emotions and the ups and downs of their days and all of that good stuff. And if I'm not picking them up, he's picking them up. One of us gets the gist of what's going on in their lives, which is very important to us. 
Tell me a little bit more about how is it that you're working with these other brokerages virtually? Yeah. How does that work? I started this before the whole COVID era. It was actually very interesting when I was saying I wanted to do this from Colorado because I hadn't heard of anybody doing this yet. I I really, because I didn't, just like that, I didn't know how it would work. A lot of how it works is a lot of trust. I start with each of our clients and we we build a lot of trust and we kind of talk about how we're going to communicate and all that stuff. And before COVID, a lot of my stuff was just phone calls, phone calls. I'd be on like speakerphone in the middle of an office meeting going from day to day. And now our day looks a lot like a lot of Zoom calls like this, you know, like where I'm seeing a lot of their faces. Now, a lot of my team meetings and stuff like that, I'm on a I'm on a camera and on a computer, like a TV screen on the wall where I can see my sales meetings. And what was kind of really fun is during COVID, because I had already set up a lot of these businesses to run virtually, be managed virtually, they didn't have a hiccup. So when everything got shut down, I was still able to pay them. I was still able to run everything from, you know, Colorado because I wasn't, I was already not in an office. Our day-to-day just kind of looks like everything's on the cloud they kind of act like I'm in an office somewhere in their office. And they just know to call me, reach out on Slack, stuff like that when they need anything. And we're running their entire operations virtually, which is fun. I just want to make sure I'm understanding exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You have these brokerage firms that you, they're your clients and you're working with them, but you're actually managing their teams internally. Yep, I am. We, we kind of come on. Yeah, it's, I think it's super fun. We kind of plug the gaps in those businesses. We have, you know, we have some clients that have no staff. They just have agents and we'll kind of plug the rest of those, those holes for them. So we'll run all of their operations and all of their marketing. I'll oversee some of their agents. So I help them recruit. I help them bring on agents. I'll help them with like crazy things. Like I can actually help them with like setting their printer and stuff up from Colorado. We set, we kind of set up all of those systems ahead of time, knowing that the goal is that I can take all of that off of the broker owner or the team lead and make sure that I can do all of that stuff from here. Some of our other clients do have like an in-house office manager as well that I will also manage. Possibly our clients don't like managing people or they're out busy selling. So they come to us and they say, Hey, I do have a small team in place, but I I need something to kind of plug in to help me scale. And we'll do that as well. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because you make a great point. Like a lot of times people start their businesses and they're really successful at what they do, the selling Mm -hmm. of real estate or whatever it is that they're really great at. But the people part is a whole different being, a whole different species. <laughs> and so, go it ahead. Definitely, yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I think that's where the people part, or sometimes we'll bring on a client that really just doesn't, they don't want to set up all the systems or they don't want to have to learn all the different stuff it takes to run your business. So then we'll come in, we'll take that off their plate and say, keep doing what's in your zone of genius. We'll Mm -hmm. take the rest off your plate and we'll help you get from here to here. That's amazing. That's really great. You are also helping them recruit then people to come into their businesses. Yep. What have you found to be the key to recruiting really great people for these businesses? 
That's hard. So we, we recruit agents, we'll help them recruit agents. And then I also help them hire and train talent, employees, marketers, bookkeepers, whoever else they need in their business. I think like the first step is just putting out a really strong job ad that not only shows what you're looking for, but who you are as a team, an owner, who you are and what that's going to look like working for them. We use a program called Wise Hire. I love it because it puts people through, you can ask questions, you can post a whole job ad, it puts them through a personality test. So it actually gives me a very brief description of like what their personality and if they're going to be a good fit for the position. I can kind of get an idea of who they are before I even schedule an interview. That way I'm not interviewing thousands of people at a time. I think by starting there and being able to look at not only like their resume, but you're also looking at like their interests and their personality types. You're getting kind of a more rounded view of it. And then I just like to have like an honest conversation. My interviews probably go a little different than the norm. You know, I'm I'm asking them the standard questions, but I'm also asking what do, what do they like doing? Where do they see themselves in five years? And trying to make sure it's a good fit for the position, but then also if they're going to like the job because I I don't want to have to keep training for the same position or training the same agents over and over again. I want to right. see what them fit. Yeah, for sure. That's draining. <laughs> yeah, Training is draining. That's like one of the things that is not fun for me is training new hires. But it's great that the brokers don't have to worry about doing that because they have you. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've been in business now for six years, going on seven. What has been some of your biggest challenges that you faced in in growing this business and getting it going? Yeah, it's funny because it's people problems. Like right there, like we're just going to keep talking about people. For for me, it's it's interesting to see like the path and the growth of my business and realize that, you know, I used to be worried about the work and the minutia and all, the getting the clients, but as I'm getting bigger, I'm mm-hmm. realizing that people bec- problems become a lot more prevalent, right? So it's like, it seems like on a daily basis, I'm dealing with like, I'm sick or my dog has to go to bed or that type of stuff. So dealing with that has probably been the biggest hurdle for me just making sure my internal teams taken care of because I not only have my team, but I have all my clients teams too. So there's a lot of people all the time. And I think one of the ways that I kind of get over that is just overly communicating with my team, you know, my expectations, how are they doing? What are our procedures for different things like that? So they know where to find information before they have to kind of come to me. Otherwise I'd be drowning in requests day to day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that has probably been one of the biggest things. I, I've been in, in business for myself now for 21 years and the people, I love people though. So that's the thing. It's like that that balance of yeah. loving people, of course, wanting to make sure they're taken care of and they have everything that they need, but also like we have to service our clients. We have to get the work done and whenever someone's missing, it kind of throws off that trajectory. Right. Yeah. And it makes it, yeah. And it makes it hard for the rest of the team as well. You know, I totally get that. Yeah. What would you say has been one of your biggest successes though, in your progress of growing your business? I think it kind of comes off of that too, is that I do this not only for myself, 
but I also do it for my clients as well, is that when we're going through each of these steps, right? Like we're going through hiring or recruiting, or we see someone leave, I'm every single time I'm like creating steps for the next one, right? Because I always know that as, you know, once I've been in business for over 20 years, I don't want to have to keep recreating all of these steps. So every time we're onboarding someone, we're always tweaking our onboarding plan for both internally and for clients. And that way it's actually making it easier to grow, right? Because we're just kind of replicating the same system over and over again. We don't make it like super crazy fancy. It's just like, okay, this onboarding plan was missing these two steps. Okay. Go tweak it while we're in the middle of it. That way, it just ha- it happens all the time in the real estate world. It seems like they when they they don't just recruit one person at the same time, they recruit five. So now all of a sudden you're trying to go and do all of this five times in a row and it, all those steps just kind of come back into place. It makes it much easier to scale is when I have everything really documented and really like step-by-step out. Right. So let me ask you, how many people, I know you're COO to what you said, 12 other brokerage companies. 20 now. It's crazy. Oh, 20. <laughs> yeah. I knew we had a two in it, but okay, 20. <laughs> wow. How many people are you overseeing when you look at those 20 brokerages plus your team? Oh my gosh. That's, that's crazy. It's probably, there's probably roughly about 250 people in our ecosystem, if you will, but I have a really strong, amazing team that backs me up that is each in charge of a client. So we kind of work as little pods. And so each of our teams are kind of in charge of a few brokerages or teams. So it's kind of like a trickle down effect. So they're not all calling my cell phone and it, but it's fun though, because we get to learn so much from all of these different business owners and, and see every single different piece of the market. I love that. Now, when you began building your business, did you start with brokerages that you worked for previously? Did you go to them first or were you kind of? I I didn't actually. So when I started, I, I'm, I'm an odd duck and I gave the brokerage I was working at six months notice because I was running. I had started his business with him. I was running some of his other businesses and I was trying to sell my house in California. So I just told him like, Hey, I'll give you as much notice as I can with the understanding that I'm going to try to start my business on the side. So like during, you know, I would get there early and I'd start working on it in the morning. I'd work on it like during lunch break. And then when I got home at night, I just started reaching out to other people or I started posting some job ads, stuff like that. And it kind of just came from that. You know, I, they would just reach out and be like, Hey, yeah, I want to start a brokerage. Where do I start? I'm like, okay, I can offer this service and I can help you. And it was just me at the time, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. have staff or anything like that. And I kind of built it to a couple of clients and then I started hiring just to get some help. That's great. So that yeah. brings me to another question because I feel like, especially with solopreneurs, when you initially start, how did you decide how to price your service for people? I totally underpriced my service when I started. Like 100% underpriced myself. I'm still digging myself out of that because I still have the same clients. Funny enough, when I started day one, I still have those clients. And I'll circle back to like that conversation that I recently had. But I I started by just trying to look online. You know, what are other people that I think are kind of doing the same thing? what are, what are they charging? Mm -hmm. But what I quickly realized is that no one was doing what I was doing. So 
kind of just priced myself as to what I would like to receive as like a new business owner. And I was happy with that price. But as I started realizing I needed to hire, I realized mm-hmm. that price needed to be a little bit higher. And then I started realizing that, yeah, I had to underprice myself to start with, which I was fine with to begin with. Right. Yeah. But those clients have followed me for the last six years and my prices more than doubled. And it was funny because my last client that I was talking about upping their prices recently, I never even got to the point where I had to have that tough conversation with him. He was like, Jennifer, you're worth three times as much as where we started out as because look how much you've learned over the last few years. And he told me, he's like, I think you're worth X. And funny enough, that was exactly what I was going to tell him my new pricing was. And I mean, we more than doubled his price since we started and he's perfectly fine with it. (laughs) Well, you know why too, is because you're bringing a valuable service to him. You know, his business, you know, his people, it's hard to replicate that quickly. That makes sense. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) I always am curious because I think we all underprice ourselves initially. It's just, we don't know exactly where to land and we go low. Yeah, of going high, you know. Want to but, get started? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I just want to get going. I just need some clients. Yeah, so I totally, I totally understand that. But that's good. I'm glad he understood that you needed to raise your prices, and I'm glad that you're going forward with higher prices and knowing your worth. And you know, it definitely changes when you have a team of people yeah. that mm-hmm. you're responsible for, making sure that they get a paycheck every few weeks, right? Yeah. Totally. (laughs) How many kids do you have now? You started with a daughter. Yeah, I started with a daughter and she was born in California. And then as I was in the middle of building my business, we moved to Colorado and I quickly got pregnant with my second daughter. We have two. They're four and six now. Oh, great. Okay. I love the fact that your first was like the catalyst for pushing you out there into the world of entrepreneurship. That's exciting. Yeah, that she is literally my why like that. I had never even really considered it before. I mean, I was a realtor, so I was an entrepreneur anyways, but it didn't matter to me. You know, I didn't, the whole nine to five thing didn't bug me before. I I would work until midnight if I needed to. And then I was a daughter and I was like, wait a second, I can't continue doing this. Like I want to be able to drop her off and pick her up and do all the things and like, take her to baby gym class was like the silly thing I wanted to do on a Thursday. And I would realize I can't do that with a nine to five. Right. Like it's, they're all at 10 AM. And so I'm, I'm happy to say now I take Thursdays off. I always do stuff with the kids on Thursdays. It's like my mommy day. And then I work less than 30 hours now. It's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. That's congratulations to you. I don't know (laughs) if I work less than 30 hours. I definitely set my own schedule a bit more, but I'm somewhat of a workaholic. Like my husband asked me recently, what, what are your hobbies? And I said, you know, I don't actually think I have one, but the podcast is a, is a huge hobby for me because it's a passion project. It's what I enjoy doing. I guess that's kind of my hobby. (laughs) And the kids, of course, they take up, they take up time. I have two also, but I have a girl, an older girl and a younger boy and, you know, doing the whole activities and going to games and things like that. It's really important to me though, now 
because I can block out my schedule whenever they have a game, whenever yeah. they have anything. I'm just not going to be at work. I'm not working, you know? So that's amazing. Yeah, isn't that, it just, it's great that we have that opportunity to even be able to do that. And that, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able, if my kid was sick, I wanted to be able to like stay home with them or if they had something going on and I'm just starting the whole sports journey. So that is a new thing for me, but it's nice to be able just to yeah, put it on my schedule. And I know that I don't have to work. I can take them to practice. I can go to their game, that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask you this. I mean, you look pretty young to me already, but if you went back and told your younger self one thing, what would it be? I mean, I think just that I can do anything if I put my mind to it. I still consider, I do consider myself young, but I also wish I would have done some of this stuff earlier. It didn't even dawn on me that I could create what I've created in such a short period of time. You know, I think mm-hmm. I not only undervalued myself when I was pricing my initial services, but I think I was just undervaluing myself even as an employee. And I had no idea. Like I would thought I was perfectly happy and doing all the things. And I didn't realize that there was so much more out there and I just had to kind of put my mind to it. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because recently I had, I had a thought around dreaming big and I look back and I think to myself when I was 16, 17, you know, my, my big dream was just to get to a four-year institution and graduate from college But looking back at my age now, I'm thinking, did I dream big enough? Anyway, what you just said made me think about that. It's like, dream even bigger. I know. It's, doesn't it make you feel like, like, what, what's possible? Like, are you actually setting the bar high enough? Right. Probably aren't. But probably aren't. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, that's true, though. We probably aren't. And not to say that we want to stress ourselves out, you know, you know, we don't want to be this ball of anxiety, but are we setting the bar as high as we could for Mm -hmm. our potential? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, what is it like to be really kind of managing over 250 people? How do you, I know you have teams, you know, the pods that are working with the teams, Mm -hmm. but how are you as a leader managing your people so that they manage their people well? A lot of trust. And that took a while for me not to want to like, because I I started, there was different stages in my business where at first I was doing all the work myself, right? It was Jennifer Stats, right? Mm -hmm. And then I slowly realized that for multiple reasons, one being I really wanted to maintain the fact that I didn't want to work hundred hours a week. So I eventually needed to have someone else helping me move things along. That was probably the first thing. And then from there, I realized that, okay, if I'm going to take on five, six, seven brokerages, I definitely can't be the one on the calls and doing the things because that's just too much, right? I really had to slowly start hiring the right people and setting up the system. So they knew what they were capable of before they came to me. I really set set a lot of like structure and a lot of trust within my staff. So they know exactly what my expectations are with the clients. And then I work really hard when I'm bringing on our clients, also setting expectations. That's a big one for me is Mm -hmm. setting expectations from the very beginning 
so they know when our business hours are, we don't work weekends, what who the contact person is, those type of things. Because with this many different people within our stats ecosystem, if they were all calling my cell phone, I would go insane. And they're not going to get the service they're expecting too, because I can't get back to all of those people. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, because there's so many different people involved, setting the right expectations from day one is probably the one, the biggest learning experience I've had. And then two, it's one of the most important things because then the client knows because they don't mean to do it half the time. They're like, oh, I just thought I would call you. And I'm like, no, no, no. You want to call, you know, this person because they are working on your stuff. They have access to everything. They're right in front of it. They're going to give your agents a hundred percent. Whereas, you know, yeah, I'm managing my team and the expectations, but I might not know what that email said that, you know, yesterday at 1 p.m. I think setting good expectations up front is makes it successful for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Now, does your team of 12 people or so, do they work virtually as well or do you all? Yeah, they do. Originally, when I first started and I moved to Colorado, I, I kind of had this goal that I wanted everybody to live in Colorado Springs so we could see each other, you know, every other week or something like that. And during COVID, we had a virtual office space. We would come meet every other week or so and at least get to see each other in person. And we had some feedback from some of our clients like, hey, I know you guys are meeting in a small conference room every other week. What if you guys all get sick? What's going to happen to our business? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't even, I didn't think about that. We stopped meeting in person for a little while. We just said, hey, just for everyone's safety, we are managing a lot of businesses. Let's kind of just, you know, do our thing. Right. And then I decided, hey, this is actually going really well. I don't, I mean, I love seeing you guys in person, be able to give you guys hugs and stuff, but we kind of got feedback from the team that it wasn't really necessary. So we started hiring everywhere. Now we hire in all 50 states. And we use a PO called Dressworks, which allows us to do that easily, which where I don't have to have like a full-time HR department in order to do that. Everybody's virtual and they're currently all still in the States, but it allows them a lot of their own flexibility. So we do flexible schedules for them. They can kind of go wherever they want to be or live wherever they want to be. And yeah, so, and it's been really successful. Everyone's pretty happy. That sounds great. That sounds really cool. Now tell me what has been your, tell me about one of your biggest hiring mistakes. Have you had one of those? I recently had a pretty bad one. I think my biggest hiring mistake is not listening to the red flags in the beginning. I'm I'm a big like bleeding heart, want to just believe the best in everybody I've seen and met. And there's been so many situations where my husband's like, red flag, don't do it red flag. And I'm like, no, no, no. They're great because of these 10 reasons. It's like, okay, but you know, in the back of your mind, this is going to be an issue. And I'm like, no, I just want to pour into them. Like I can, you know, all these things. I would say like the biggest thing I could say is like, if there's something in the back of your mind that is telling you it's not a good fit, you're probably right. And trust your intuition. Yes. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) I have ignored so many of the gut feelings that I just knew it wasn't right. But I'm like, oh, I'm like you. I'm like, boy, it'll be fine. Got training and love and attention. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. 
that's that's probably my biggest thing is like there there's been a couple where I just really wanted you know I I heard a, their sad story or I thought that yeah if I if I loved on them and I poured into them it would be a successful relationship and it wasn't and that's okay because we all learn from it you know not every employee is gonna work out long term and but I would I love if they would but just definitely listen to your gut yes for sure. Yeah. And I will say one of the, that was really tough for me. Like in the beginning, whenever someone left, I would be heartbroken because I was so attached and, you know, I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? What happened? And I came to realize that, you know, people have their own goals and dreams and aspirations that may only have me involved in it for a time. And it's okay. (laughs) That is one of the things that I had to Get over, you know. Wow. It sounds like you've had a great journey, though, this past six years. And it sounds so exciting, the fact that you took this idea, right? And you executed on it and you made it happen. Yeah. So very exciting. It's been it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah, I think I liken the road of entrepreneurship. I don't know if you've been to what is it? Universal Studios, but I liken it to the Harry Potter motorbikes ride. <laughs> you ever take that ride? If you ever do that roller coaster, that is what entrepreneurship is like. But I have not, I have not been back to Universal since they've done the Harry Potter stuff. Now I'm going to have to go on it and think of you. <laughs> yes, you'll have to check that out, and you'll you'll totally get it once you ride that. You'll say, "Yep, she was right." so funny. Yeah. It's really, it's really a lot of fun though. And so is entrepreneurship, right? It's just a lot of different ups and downs. Yeah. But, uh, well, Jennifer, this has been great. Can you tell people how they can reach out to you? What's a great client for you? Uh, just tell us a little bit about that part of your business. Yeah, I'm always super available on Instagram. My handle's really easy to find. It's Jennifer, the realtor. And I think my ideal client, I mean, Stat Solutions works with real estate brokerages and teams nationwide. I'm always willing to chat with anybody in the real estate field or any type of real estate business. And then one of the my passion projects kind of going into 2024 is this maybe is going to be my hobby. I'm not sure. Over the last year, I've really just had fun helping other small like business entrepreneurs kind of help their business and not spending a lot of time doing it. I'm going to be launching a coaching program set starting next year. If anybody's looking to scale their business, you can just reach out to me. And we usually post some stuff on social media of upcoming masterclasses and stuff like that. I'm always happy to chat and just kind of go over what where they're stuck in their business. Yeah, sounds great. Well, reach out to Jennifer if you need her help with business and building teams. It sounds like you've built great teams And Jennifer, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today and sharing so many insights. I sometimes get in conversations with people who tell me that they would love to start a business, but they don't have any ideas. Or they may say, I don't know how you do it. I just don't know what type of business I would start. I often tell them to start by looking at what they are already doing. I suggest that they take a look at their current expertise or profession and ask themselves if there's something missing within the service or industry that they could better fulfill. 
That is what Jennifer did. She took the profession she was already in and channeled her expertise into a business that works for her and her family. It's really cool going back and listening to episodes that I sometimes have recorded months prior to bringing them to you. I sit back and I listen and I learn as if I've never heard it before. And these are a few of the things that I took from my conversation with Jennifer. First of all, she spoke of two different products or two different services that she's using. One is called Just Works and one is called Wise Hire, which I'm going to personally check out because we recently did away with the company we use to handle some of our hiring and questionnaires and all of that stuff when it comes to hiring new people. So I'm going to check out Wise Hire. And then two huge points that Jennifer made is listening to your gut which I have been so guilty of not doing, especially when it came to hiring people. And our conversation around dreaming big. Are you dreaming big enough? As we begin to dream big, I want to remind you that I'm hosting my annual Live Life by Your Design workshop. It's on December 7th. I have a session at 10.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern. This workshop is for you if you're eager to turn your dreams into achievable goals and crave a life beyond the ordinary. This workshop is a beacon for aspiring entrepreneurs, determined professionals, business owners, and anyone ready to embrace their true potential and craft a fulfilling, purpose-driven life. It's for you if you're ready to dream big as we move into 2024. This workshop is free and you can sign up by seeing the link in the show notes or by going to MonicaAllen.com and clicking the Live Life by Your Design link at the top of the page. Thanks for tuning in today. You are amazing. Let's dream big together. Take a moment to rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Become Your Own Boss Podcast. And always remember, now is the time. Now is the time to level up, leave a legacy, and become your own boss. (laughs) 